0: So, hello folks, and welcome to yet another episode from the Sales Chat Show in the Sales Chat Show virtual studio. As always, the Sales Chat Show posse, Mr. Graham Jones, Mr. Phil Jessen, and I am Simon Hazeldean. And this episode is entitled, Are You Making Any of These Fatal Sales Productivity mistakes now Phil Graham and I were just having a little bit of a chat sales chat show closing the name oh saleschatshow.com don't forget folks 200 episodes all in the back catalogue uh, we were having a chat before we came on air and our experience is that whenever we suggest something to salespeople, group of sales a workshop or a seminar or a speech or something And like spend more time account planning because as previous episode, um, absolutely key driver of of, of sort of success for high performance salespeople. Inevitably one person or sometimes more than one person will say something like, yes, but Simon, yes, but Phil, yes, but Graham, I'm sure it's a good idea, but you don't know how busy I am or I'm really busy. I haven't got time to do this. If I had time, I would do this. So that's kind of interesting, because unless you're working silly hours, which is not going to be good for you, your long term health and well-being, we've all got approximately the same number of hours in the day and in the week. Some people just seem to make really good use of it. And maybe some of us, I would definitely include myself in that, could improve. But we thought what we would do would be we would share some of our favorite sales productivity methods and tips and things for you to maybe see if you can apply these to your sales activities, your sales work. So we're going to try and be as productive as possible to make the maximum amount of progress in the time that we have available so that, of course, we smash our sales target, which, of course, we will have been set. And of course, Graham doesn't like the idea of sales targets, as our regular listeners will know. So make sure you're listening to the two episodes on Graham attempting to convince us that sales targets are a waste of time. Which uh, they are. Which, Well, I knew he was going to say that. So, uh, But there we are, folks. But no, seriously, folks, productivity so you can, you know, perform better, do things. And un- do you know what? Maybe even get home a bit earlier at the end of a day or at the end of a week. So, gentlemen, thoughts on productivity? Mr. Jones, call me Psychic Simon, but I have a feeling (coughs) I know what Mr. Jessen might offer as his first productivity principle. Can you imagine what it might be, Mr. Jones?
1: Well, considering he has written about uh, things akin to this before, uh, I think there's an 80% chance I could be right.
0: Mr. Jesson, would you care to enlighten us on this matter?
2: Yes, uh, I should just point out that um, uh, I was going to do some preparation on this yesterday, but frankly, I've been far too busy. Uh, (laughs) Sorry about that. I've, I've clearly... setting, a,
0: setting a fine example to our yeah. listeners. Oh, right. he's, he's jesting, gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen, he's jesting. Okay. Let,
2: let the team down. Um, yes, uh, the 80 20 principle um, 80% of our effectiveness probably comes from 20% of the things that we undertake. That's basically the Pareto principle, uh, often referred to as the 80 20 rule. Plenty of good stuff online about that. If you want to read about it, plenty of good books written on it, particularly by a man called Richard Koch, K-O-C-H, if you want to delve into that. Um, I'll start, if I may, by saying that uh, one of the tools that a lot of people are equipped with as a result of time management courses or productivity improvement courses is a things to-do list. And as we all know, It's a complete waste of time. What we need is a things not to-do list. Uh, That's basically what this is about. And uh, I would encourage all of our listeners to think of any period of time, maybe today or this week or this month, and be very, very clear about the three main things they are trying to achieve. Having identified the three main things they're trying to achieve Everything that then hits the desk or the laptop or conversations in the corridor, they all then get funneled into those three key outputs that we have in mind. If they fit the three key outputs, then we should go ahead and do them. Uh, If they don't fit the three key outputs, then maybe you're into some D words here, uh, delegating it. Uh, delaying it maybe until a couple of weeks' time if it's not that urgent. Uh, another D word, of course, is dump it completely. Um, but that would be my first suggestion to be very, very clear about the three outputs that you are pursuing at any moment in time. Yeah, I've mentioned three.
0: three I was going to say three, I think you can keep in mind, can't you? And yes, and, and focus on any more than that you're starting to. You're starting to uh, run out of intellectual well, bandwidth, Graham
2: will probably reference the piece of uh, psychological work that seems to confirm that we like things to go in threes, uh, much used by politicians and advertising agencies, as we know. Uh, but, yeah, be, be very, very clear about what the three things are. So I'm a great advocate in uh, being very, very clear about what not to do as opposed to what to do. It's about being laser like focus on a small number of things that have a high impact, and not the other way around. Uh, as we all know, if we get involved in a week of a high number of tasks that have low impact on what we're doing, or the customer, or next month's results, or whatever, that can be a very depressing uh, waste of time. Um, one thing I have mentioned before on, uh, on previous episodes, incidentally, is an old boss that I used to work for, the lovely Derek, uh, who used to say to me, Phil, you should be achieving 100% of your objectives in 80% of the time. Uh, what he was trying to get me to do was to have one day a week spare for emergencies or, more importantly, a bit of strategic thinking, long term planning, uh, walking on a hill, making sure that my head was clear, and so on and so forth. And I have to tell you, that was incredibly effective for me to uh, go flat out to get things done in 80% of the time, uh, and then have a very, very clear head that would impact on my productivity for the following week, and so on. So those would be my my opening Excellent. suggestions
0: i think your your comment about keeping keeping the main thing the main thing as they say is <clears throat> there was the phrase i heard a few years ago getting caught up in the thick of thin things so you can be really super busy getting getting involved i was very fortunate folks that uh, listening in that i was taught the 80 20 principle by a great boss of mine at a very early stage in my sales career, who always encouraged me to do that Pareto analysis. Who are your most important customers? Who are likely to be your most important customers in the future? Where's your revenue coming from? When I was a sales manager, I analyzed my team. And for 80-20 is a total load of nonsense. I've got a better one for you. The 86%, 14% rule. I took over looking after one major customer. We had about 24 the dif- different SKUs, different stock keeping units different products one out of 24 was 86 percent of my EBITDA for the customer so guess what I did every morning <laughs> when before I started make sure that's sorted out and then have conversations with my boss occasionally about what about this product like number 23 on the list and i say the right nice political thing to my boss but inside I was thinking what about it <laughs> right Oh now, now of course I would be giving some focus to it but it wasn't going to make the difference between success and failure so like Phil says laser-like focus on those Mr Jones what have you got to offer to add or indeed in your inimitable fashion disagree with us on
1: <laughs> well it And inevitably, psychology is involved a great deal here. And one of the problems is that almost everything that people do at work is totally unnecessary. Um, And so consequently, your diary and schedule is full of things that are a complete and total waste of time and you don't need to be doing. Um, And one example I can think of of that is that um, a woman I met many years ago ran a public relations company. She set up this public relations company And she'd been working flat out for a few years and decided that she was going to take a break. And she took a six week break by going to Australia. So she'd been running this company in London. And I said, who's gonna do your work while you're away? And she said, no one. The people in the office will do their work, but my work will remain undone. And I said, so you're gonna come back to thousands of emails. And you're going to come back to physical posts that will be several feet high in your in-tray. And she said, I will come back to nothing. And I said, how do you know? She said, because uh, anything that's in my in-tray, physical in-tray, my staff have been instructed to throw away the day before I arrive so that I come into an empty in-tray. And all of my emails that have come in in those six weeks will be deleted. So I will come into a zero inbox that morning and a zero in tray. And I said, but what about all that work? And she said, if it was that important, it would be done while I'm away. If it was not important and it can wait six weeks, then it can wait even longer. And so she came back to an empty in tray, empty inbox. Uh, and carried on running a business which she sold a couple of years later for several million pounds um, and so actually most of what we do is irrelevant most people in business are spending three hours a day doing email but almost all of that is unnecessary uh, because it's just filing emails it's reading emails that you don't need to read because you've been cc'd on things um, so one of the most crucial things about making sure you can be productive is to manage your email because most of it is, like everything else, totally unnecessary. And so it's an illusion. It makes you feel as though you're working because you're actively doing something. You're pressing buttons. You're clicking file in this you know, folder. You're clicking reply. You are um, doing things that make your brain think you're working because you're taking an action. So it seems as though you're working, whereas actually it's totally unnecessary. So the, the crucial thing is to set routines. I know that everybody listening now cleaned their teeth this morning. Now, I haven't got secret spies all around the world looking at our listeners to see if they went into the bathroom this morning to brush their teeth. But I know everybody did because they do it as a matter of routine first thing in the morning. And they're doing it as a matter of don't even need to think about it. And so you go in the bathroom, you clean your teeth in the morning, and then you set about the rest of your day. And everybody's been doing that since they were so young, they can't remember doing it. Mum and dad got you to do it as a routine. The fact is, if you didn't do it as a routine, you would spend every day thinking, did I clean my teeth? So you then go and clean your teeth, because your brain doesn't know whether you've done it or not. So you then go, I better clean my teeth. So you take a few minutes, go off and clean your teeth, and then your brain forgets that you've cleaned your teeth. So a bit later in the day, you go, did I clean my teeth? I'd better clean my teeth again, because I can't remember if I did it or not. And so you'd end up brushing your teeth about 28 times a day, uh, wasting uh, an hour a day brushing your teeth that you didn't need to do, because if you'd done it by routine, you would forget about it for the rest of the day.
0: But, a, but a potentially exceptionally good dental hygiene, it has to uh, be well, said. True,
1: yeah. <laughs> um, although you can over-clean your teeth. You can over your teeth, of course. Uh, so... This is what happens with email. It happens with social media. So people go, I'll check my email now. And then a bit later on, because it wasn't done on routine, they think, I better check my email again. And the result of that is you're spending three hours a day checking email, whereas actually the work that you could do with your email would probably only take you 15 minutes if you did it by routine once a day. Yeah. So if every day you just did your emails at you know 9.30 in the morning, And then didn't touch your emails for the rest of the day, then you would be more productive because all those hours that you're doing email currently would disappear. Now, I know what people say to me in response to that. They go, but my boss wants to send me everything. So they send me a message by email um, and they expect an immediate response. And my response to that is, well, your boss is also mismanaging their time and being completely unproductive. So if your boss is being so stupid to set you a sales target, you're going to fail to meet that sales target because you're busy responding to the boss's emails. And If the boss didn't send the emails in the first place, everything would be better managed. So one of the most crucial things here is as a business, people need to work out what is the best way of communicating things that need doing. And so people default to email email is the number one method of communication at the moment and people default to it because it's easy and quick to do it's open to misinterpretation it leads to a whole load of extra work that's unnecessary if we had routines uh, we could do very well there is a a book um, called the four-hour work week and uh, the author of that checks his emails once every 10 days it says on his website, I check my emails once every 10 days. Every 10 days, his emails are checked. He replies to the ones that have come in. Uh, if, you're gonna, if you need a reply sooner than 10 days, well, you're not going to bother emailing because you're going to use another method of communication.
0: Pick up the phone, for example. Pick or up the phone. So a it's text. a great way of
1: managing <clears throat> uh, people who are prepared to wait 10 days for a reply. Not everything needs a reply straight away. So... We're complete. One of the reasons why we're in a productivity mess at the moment is because people completely mismanaging the methods of communication.
0: So that's an interesting one, because that actually links to to something I was going to mention, which was uh, in, in, in line with your concept of routines. And I think very similar is time blocking and batching yep. things. It's two things, batching and time blocking. Batching is doing things that are similar together. So hit the phone one after the other. Do your emails in a batch because switching between activities yep. tires you out and you lose focus. And you So blitz it, but also time blocking put specific blocks of time in your diary for specific things so 15 minutes first thing in the morning do your social selling routine so i often work with people and say look 15 minutes you can get a a decent amount of social selling work done every single day consistency is key with, with that but don't sit around wait for two days to do your strategic account plans put two hours in your diary put three hours in your diary and do it and do it for two and a half hours or do it for three hours and then stop and then and then do do the next thing and i think that you know that often will achieve a whole lot more than you would than you would imagine trying to find the time to leverage that in to all the other stuff that's coming in the 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 little stuff dominates it takes it takes over and i think also if you are you know using things i don't if you're on outlook for example it is worth sussing out things like filters and things in there that there is a bit of tech in there that helps you to you know anything you see seed on you can just get moved into a folder and you can check that one you know, every couple of days, if you're only CC'd in on it, there's no action on you. And if somebody, if I CC Graham on an email and there's an action for him, then I should have sent it directly to him. So, you know, not your fault if other people have bad email, uh, bad email discipline, but I think plan your week ahead, put those blocks of time in. If you have to move them because of an emergency, then move them, but re re put them. I know Phil, I remember you, you having this rule, you told me about that. It's in the diary. But if if something happens and it moves it, a real an emergency or something, you you put it back in the diary straight away, didn't you? Have I, have yeah. I, have I, have I remembered I that correct?
2: Yeah, you, you you have you have remembered that, and there was much mirth uh, at the time from you guys because, um, uh, <laughs> probably not to to make that particular task work. Um, You can of course do it electronically or you can do it as a hard copy diary with stickers. Um, But yes, um, having decided what my October let's say uh, is gonna have in it, uh, what I then do is that I don't move them out of the diary under any circumstances unless it's an emergency, they get swapped around. So if Tuesday is designated as a planning day, And somebody says to me, can you come and see me on Tuesday? The answer to that is yes, providing I can move that task somewhere else. Uh, If I can't, then the answer is no, we need to look at another alternative. But that's worked uh, very well for me over the years, shuffling things around rather than moving them out.
0: Yeah. And and, uh, while we're on the subject of books, so we've had, uh, I think it's the 80-20 principle, Richard Koch. We've had yep. the four-hour work week from Tim Ferriss. My top tip will be Getting Things Done by David Allen, which I think is probably one of the best books I've seen on productivity. And one of the best things um, that's worked for me from David Allen is the concept of a weekly review and a monthly review. So every Friday, unless I'm doing something, and then in which case I do it Thursday or possibly Saturday morning, although I do my best not to do sort of things like that on the weekend, 30 to 60 minutes, just go over your week, check what's been done, check if there's anything outstanding. Landing, plan your forthcoming week, think about who all your key stakeholders are, that sort of stuff. You just step off the world for 60 minutes, having a having a meeting with yourself is how it's sometimes described. Put it in the diary as busy time. So within your organization you have an open system it looks like Graham is in a meeting right Graham is in a meeting with Graham and why is that not any more important than Graham being in a meeting with the being in the meeting with the with the CEO so I think that's but
2: think just I, on that yeah. just on that point if I may I I think uh, uh, I can certainly see the value of that sort of strategic uh, review but I think at the end of each day we ought to be reviewing our Productivity and the last 15 minutes of work time should be spent looking at the following day. What tends to happen, of course, is a lot of people plan the following day literally at the start of that day. They wake Mm -hmm. up in the middle of the night, uh, very much aware that they haven't yet decided what's going on, uh, or they're driving to work in the car, or they're on the tube. Uh, busy trying to work out where they're going. That's not an effective person. Uh, An effective person knows at the end of a working day uh, their main tasks and objectives for the following day, and they probably sleep much better than somebody that's not doing that.
1: Yeah,
0: the brain, open loops, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure Graham or you know, the the brain seems to quite like closure on things and, and locking things down. If you've got too much, we've all experienced that, Feeling out of control, too many things. It causes get it get it down in digital or written format, however however you yeah. prefer. But have it somewhere you trust. David Allen talks about out of your mind and in a system you can trust.
1: Interestingly, there was a research um, on um, an Indian call center. Must be about five years ago now. And they were trying to improve the productivity of that call centre because obviously they've got global clients and Mm. they wanted to attract more, so they needed to improve their productivity. Uh, And the researchers decided to look at the notion of forcing a section of the um, call centre to stop work a quarter of an hour earlier than normal, so say quarter to five, and then they had to at quarter to five, so so I think there are about a hundred in each sample. Uh, So that hundred employees had to, at quarter to five, sit down and write down a reflection of their day on what they'd achieved and what they were planning to achieve the next day. And they had to write that down. So they were doing a quarter of an hour less work per day than the other people who did not review what they'd done at the end of the day, did not reflect on their day, and did not work out what they would be thinking about tomorrow. Uh, the people who worked less time, a quarter of an hour less per day, were 27% more productive than the ones who didn't do that review at the end of the day. Yeah. So massive increase in your productivity when you just sit down and you write it down. It is the David Allen get it out and into a system you reflect on what you've done you think about what you might do tomorrow and a crucial thing about this is when you think about your time blocking and Phil's stickers in in his diary a lot of that uh, when you reflect on it will show you exactly how much time you took to do a task and one of the problems is that we overestimate the time it takes to do a task So a salesperson might say, well, it takes me three days to write the end-of-month review for my boss. Um, And so they think about writing it over three days. But actually, when you reflect upon it, it might have only taken you three hours over those three Mm -hmm. days. But it took three days because you were interrupted by so many other things. And so you allocate three days in your diary to doing it when actually you only need to allocate three hours and so if you blocked out that three hours, you'd get it done, releasing you two and a half days for something else to be more productive with. The problem with overestimation of time is that you allow three days and you take three days. So actually, most of what you do in those three days is irrelevant nonsense. So you're thinking about, well, you know, what if I change the font? You know, and you spend an hour deliberating about the right font, totally unnecessary work to do. And yet, because it's within your three days of time, it seems as though you're productive. You're not productive at all. (laughs) Just get on with it, write it, move on. But you won't be able to work out what that is unless you reflect on what you've done during the day. So actually, at the end of the day, you'd reflect and go, well, I spent a day writing a third of my report, but actually, I spent two hours fiddling around with the font, another hour fiddling around with the design of it. Um, and another hour, um, searching on Google for the best way to write a sales report. And so you'd reflect on that and realize, actually, you spent most of the day doing nothing. And yet, because you were pressing buttons on your computer, it felt as though you were working.
0: Well, work expands sometimes to fill the time available to it is is the expression I've heard. And I think that applies to meetings as well. So, folks, in terms of meetings, meetings can either be really good, productive, fantastic opportunities to communicate, build teams and all that sort of stuff. Or you can start to waste people's time. So if you're running the meeting, the agenda dictates the time, not the other way around. And make sure we've got good discipline. People understand what the meeting's about, what you want to achieve, what they need to prepare in advance. And maybe just invite Phil for his bit, right? Don't invite him for the whole day. Just invite him for his 30, 30 minutes. And then the rest of the time, Phil can go and do something, do something useful. So, you know, often the meetings, the fault is sometimes other people organizing it. And sometimes people don't necessarily turn up very well prepared for them. Um, And then last thought, just... The old urgency importance thing, folks, is, you know, it's, it's often Stephen Covey talked about it, the, the Eisenhower matrix and, you know, etc. cetera. Everything can be thought of in terms of how urgent it is, how soon it needs to be done and how important it is. And, um, you know, I think it's always just worth keeping in mind. So if, if there is a crisis and you have to take out your one-to-one with one of your sales team out of the diary, Take Phil's advice, put that one-to-one back in because that is important. It might not be as urgent as the crisis, but it is extremely important. And if you neglect it, you will pay the price further down. So um, the the challenge we all face is urgency feels emotionally compelling. To do something about it, whereas sometimes the less urgent but very important things, account planning, you know, building relationships with customers, those sort of things feels less urgent and important things to focus on. Chaps, any last closing thoughts? We've recommended three books. We better not recommend any more. Well, I was just yep.
1: gonna say you you almost recommended a fourth book there. Um, it's an old book, Stephen Covey's First Things First. Ah yes um, yeah but actually it's a really important book um because many of the other books about productivity are based upon his research so uh, Stephen as ah, ah, okay. a psychologist did lots of studies on human productivity in the workplace um and so that book is the distillation of much of his research about how people yeah are productive in the workplace, and much of what followed on from that book uh, is based on it. So
2: actually, it's an old book, but it's well worth getting.
0: Excellent, excellent. Uh, The
2: the other thing I I would add, there there was a lovely model I I saw a good 20 years ago that talked about there's only four types of time. Uh, One was referred to as reactive routine time, reactive creative time. A reactive creative task, of course, might be dealing with a customer complaint, but you deal with it so effectively they buy more, et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, there's proactive routine time and proactive creative time. And this little model basically said that the difference between busyness and business is that busyness is all about reactive routine and proactive routine tasks and business with a capital b is about reactive creative tasks and proactive creative tasks those are the two that we should be spending our time on
0: excellent good 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 well folks hopefully few combination of some philosophies some thoughts some ideas some principles. And some little tips for you there, hopefully, to maximize your productivity. So thank you so much for listening in. Uh, As I mentioned at the top of the show, about 200 plus episodes of this podcast available from wherever you choose to get your podcast. Please subscribe to the sales chat show and you'll be notified as soon as new episodes are released, which they are on a very regular basis. In the meantime, thank you very much for listening in. Just like to wish you good luck and good selling, folks.